Welcome to Unfolding Words. I'm your host, Antracia, and this is my weekly podcast aimed at sharing biblical truth to offer light for your walk and life for your soul. Welcome back again this week. I am continuing a series I started last week on the questions of Jesus. And I want to take a look at these questions because we often read them in the Bible and hear people responding, but never consider how we would respond and the implications that these questions have for our lives. So that's what I want to do is take a look at these questions a little closer and then see the implications that they have for us. The question that we're going to look at this week is, do you want to be healed? And we're not just talking about physical healing, but we're talking about healing on every level. And we're going to be looking at the verses in John chapter five, one through nine, and I'm going to be reading out of the ESV. And it says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which had five roof colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed and took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So we see here Jesus asked him a simple question. Do you want to be healed? But it seems like an odd one to ask someone who's sick, right? This man had been an invalid for 38 years. So why ask him, do you want to be healed? So if you had encountered this man, your first question to him most likely would have been something like, how can I help you? How did you get this way? What happened? Why aren't you going to the pool? Like, do you want to be healed? Would probably not be one of our first questions to him. So in this day, the pool of Bethesda was filled by a nearby spring. And the name Bethesda means house of mercy, which is quite fitting. The pool's claim to fame was its healing properties. So during the day, an angel would come down and swirl or stir the waters. And the first person to get in would be the person to get healed of whatever disease he or she had. Some of the translations like the American Standard Version and the King James Version refer to what the angels did as troubling the waters. So just imagine you're there, you're sick how challenging it would have been to be the first person in the pool, especially if you're blind, you're lame, or you're paralyzed. Imagine all of the competition to get there. Maybe some people even had someone there to help them to get to the water quicker. Now, all the other times that I've read this verse, I never considered the fact that there were a bunch of people there in need of healing, but none of them looked to Jesus who was there that day, despite his fame as a healer. So right before chapter five, Jesus had just done healings. He had just healed an official son prior to this. So his fame as a healer is already known. Theologian Charles Spurgeon said this, a blindness had come over these people at the pool. There they were. And there was Christ who could heal them. But not one single one of them sought him. Their eyes were fixed on the water, expecting it to be troubled. They were so taken up with their own chosen way that the true way was neglected. Virgin pictured all of the blind, crippled and paralyzed people with their eyes peeled, waiting around the waters of the pool of 
Bethesda instead of looking to Jesus, who could have healed all of them in an instant. So when Jesus approached this invalid man, he wanted to know if the man knew what he wanted. Did he want to be healed? So what Jesus meant when he asked this, if the man wanted to be healed, was whether or not he wanted to be made whole or to get well, depending on the translation. The Greek word here for healed is hugies, which can mean healthy or sound in body. This word can also mean figuratively sound like a sound in speech, that is, teaching which does not deviate from the truth. So when you look at the broader meaning of the word here, it's clear that Jesus was asking the man about physical healing. And because the word can refer to having sound speech or staying in line with the truth, Jesus may also have been asking about soul healing for this man. Jesus was maybe associating this man's mental or spiritual well-being with his physical well-being. So when Jesus asked this man this very pointed question, he got this response. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. So if Jesus were asking me a question about healing, I would have given him a hearty yes. If he said, and Tracia, do you want to be healed? Yes, Jesus, <laughs> I do. It, he sounds frustrated, which he should be rightly so. He was probably stuck in a victim mentality. He had no one to help him get to the pool. And in the competition of the moment, someone would get in his way if he tried to get to the pool. So he was no doubt angry and discouraged. Jesus asking him, do you want to get well, seems like a non-issue. Instead, he says, this is why I can't get well. Look at all of my circumstances. The man may have been expecting sympathy from Jesus, but he received something infinitely better. Jesus healed him. There's so many scenarios when it comes to the way Jesus heals. There are times in the Bible when Jesus teaches that faith makes you well. And there are times when people with great faith came to Jesus to be healed. This time, Jesus heals and he is the one who has to come to the man. And there's no record of faith on this man's part. It's possible that Jesus even asked this man this as the waters were being stirred and people started jumping and diving and rolling into those waters, each hoping for the evidence that they were the one to be healed that day. The man Jesus spoke with knew that he was not the one that was going to be healed that day because he hadn't gotten into the water. So he had no real hope to be healed. Given that history, Jesus's question was a valid one. One commentator noted that an Eastern beggar often loses a good living by being cured of his disease. So even if being crippled or lame was bad, oftentimes it was a familiar comfort zone that they could depend on. So this crippled man was a curious mix of hope and hopelessness. He had hope or else he wouldn't have dragged himself to that pool. But he was also hopeless because all these years later, he had never been healed and even with Jesus there, he limits God's help to his own ideas and does not dare believe outside of the box that he knows. Does that sound familiar for any of us? We think we know the way that God can deliver us. And when it doesn't happen, hopelessness sets in. All this man knows is what cannot be done or what has not been done for him. But Jesus, as he always does, goes against the grain and told the man to do what he could not do. Being paralyzed, it was impossible for him to rise up or to take up his bed mat and walk. 
But it was at that moment that Jesus challenged the man to believe him for the impossible. He had a choice to make, believe God or stay there for another 38 years as an invalid. Talk about a praise break right there. So it's easy to imagine that this man's first reaction was, I can't do this. How can I even do this? I can't walk. But something wonderful prompted this man to say, if Jesus tells me to do it, I'm going to try. So Jesus's order encouraged this man toward a response of faith. And immediately the man was made well. This happened as he responded in faith and did exactly what Jesus told him to do. Though a moment before, this was impossible for him to do. The fact of his healing was confirmed when he made himself get up to carry his own bed and walk with it. Now, it's not a bed in the traditional way that we think of a bed. It was more like a pallet or a mat. So don't think that he's picking up a whole twin bed. (laughs) Just wanted to point that out. So Jesus healed the man beside the pool without him having to touch the pool. Jesus was showing that his healing power was greater than what everyone else believed in. This passage is reminiscent of Deuteronomy chapter two, verse 15. The chapter starts out with the wilderness years. I'll read the beginning of that chapter. It says, Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea, as the Lord told me. This is Moses. And for many days we traveled around Mount Seir. Then the Lord said to me, You have been traveling around this mountain country long enough. Turn northward. Doesn't this remind you of the lame man? He had been traveling around this handicap of his long enough. And then drop down to verse number 13 in Deuteronomy. It says, now rise up and go over the brook Zerit. And we went over the brook Zerit. And the time from our leaving Kadesh Barnea until we crossed the brook Zerit was 38 years until the entire generation, that is the men of war, had perished from the camp as the Lord had sworn to them. God took a new generation through the waters in the Old Testament, in this book of Deuteronomy, that generation of unbelief that had existed for 38 years, notice the similarity with the invalid man, had to die off before they crossed into these waters. The man in John 5 never crossed those physical waters. Instead, he was touched by the man who had personified the true healing waters, the the living waters was standing right before him. Unbelief has to die off when you cross over. And that's exactly what happens in Deuteronomy. And that's exactly what happens with this invalid man. His unbelief died off when Jesus had him cross over into faith. Do you want to be healed? That verse in John highlights your need to know yourself when it comes to your healings, whether they be sickness, mental, spiritual, relational. Do you honestly want to be healed? That's the question Jesus is asking. Or have you become so comfortable in whatever affliction that it's become tied to your identity? This is a prime time for you to believe God for what he can do. And that's the impossible. So maybe it's time that you not only ask him, but you ask him to change your heart to desire the healing. So don't just ask for the healing, but ask him to change your desire for the healing, whatever that healing may look like. Maybe you've never considered that you become comfortable in whatever your affliction is, whatever form it is. How many illnesses have you accepted as a norm? Because that's just the way it's been for you for so long. 
Have you accepted the sickness of unforgiveness because you were wronged? Then you need to pick up your mat. Have you accepted the illness of being a slave to your temptations because you just can't fight them? Then maybe you need to pick up your mat and walk. There are so many healings that we all need, but we first have to look at our hearts and see if the desire is even there first. And we have to put away the excuses that we have. We have to ask God to change our hearts to desire the healing that we need the most. And even if it looks like it's not going to come in the way that we imagined it, we have to pick up our mats and walk it out the way that God instructs us to. When we complain to God about our circumstances or we give him excuses as to why we're still in the same place spiritually or emotionally year after year, perhaps the question he's asking is, do you want to get well? Do you even want to move forward on your own legs in every area of your life where you need healing? The truth is that many people who say they want healing or victory or a touch from God really don't. And although they go through the motions and talk the talk, they've become comfortable and complacent with their sickness, with their anger, bitterness, or whatever is holding on to them. So who would you be without the sickness or the anger or the bitterness to give you attention or meaning or satisfaction? Without it, it's going to be a whole new world, a whole new experience, and it's going to require growth. And for some, losing what you know is not exactly what you want, but it's what Jesus wants for you. You have to let go of the excuses and accept the new norm that Jesus wants to offer you. So while there are many reasons for sickness, in this case of this invalid man, it may have been caused by some kind of sin. In asking if he wanted to be healed, Jesus was also asking if he was willing to leave the sin behind. The Bible is clear. If you are to receive deliverance, but are unwilling to walk in that deliverance and return to your old ways, you will find yourself in a worse shape than you were in originally. So what is it that you need to be healed or delivered from? A physical sickness, emotional sickness that can include bitterness, resentment, anger, spiritual sickness, such as a coldness towards Jesus, a financial sickness, we can go down the list. Jesus is looking at you and asking, do you want to be made well? Are you willing to abandon whatever you think is the only route to healing, abandon the excuses, and let Jesus touch you? That's the question today. Well, that's it for this episode of Unfolding Words. We'll be back next week with another question. I wanted to let you know that I recently launched an e-newsletter where I share news and other things that are going on with Unfolding Words. So if you'd like to sign up, you can go to my website. There is a sign up box for the e-newsletter. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Thank you for joining me every week. I will see you back here next Monday. And until then, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.